sometimes we think, you know, we're not smart, we think we're lazy, we think we're just never going to get organized. But let's switch that narrative, right? And think of our clutter. It's who we are, it's where we've been, it shows our passions, you know, what we've done in our lives. It's just how we control it and how we manage it. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Louise Hopkin. Louise has been a professional home organizer for over seven years and has a really unique holistic approach to organizing. She talks all about how it goes beyond the clutter. It's also about releasing overwhelm and becoming the person you want to be using decluttering and cleaning up and organization as a tool to get there. If you've been called to minimize or declutter your home, your life, that is on purpose and you are going to love this episode. Louise also breaks down the six reasons why we hold on to clutter and how we can easily, incrementally start clearing away what doesn't serve us. I know you're gonna love this episode, so without further ado, let's dive in. Hey Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hi, Louise. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you? I'm doing great, Talia. Thank you so much for having me here. I am really excited to share my favorite topic. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be so good. I know that 100% of the listeners are going to want, that's a pretty hefty percentage, but I hear all the time about clutter and accumulating things and feeling the need to purge and get rid and cleanse. And, you know, so I really know that there's so many people here that are going to deeply resonate with what we're talking about today. I love how we're going to even go deeper into clutter, why we accumulate it and all of those beautiful things. I can't wait to dive in. Um, Before we dive into that stuff, can you just let us know who you are, where you're from and a bit about your business and your life, whatever you want to share? (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, perfect. Um, So I'm originally from New Zealand and I'm living in Canada at the moment. So been here for 12 years, maybe even longer. Gosh, time goes fast. Hey. Um, and so I came here because I really love the mountains and it's just very much nature for me. And so I became a home organizer about seven years ago, which is kind of funny in itself because I'm actually not a naturally organized person. And I always openly admit that. And I know some people are like, wow, that's kind of weird. Why are you in this uh, position or this industry, this niche? For me, it was something I was really drawn to. And I think I know your community will will really understand that. And I was looking for something. I was working a corporate job. I was getting paid well anyway. um, And so I found organizing and I'm like, this is really interesting. And the more I started working with clients, it was all about the why. It's like, why are we collecting clutter? Where is it coming from? The benefits of decluttering. And that was really where my passion started to come in because I'm not so big about making things look pretty, which is great, Um, but really it's understanding ourselves, how we can do it, decluttering, and then intuitively get organized. So that's kind of a little bit about me. So I'm, I'm more into the coaching and the online program side of decluttering and organizing now, which I know some people are kind of like, but I just want you to come into my house and do it for me, right? Which love to as well. Uh, but I think learning the skills and learning the um, the understanding of it is so, so beneficial and really, really important. And that's what I love and I'm passionate about. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I was going to say, so do you come to my home or do we meet online? That's really cool. And I really, I hear you. It's, it's good too, to teach people how to do it on their own, starting with that emotional or the psychological, and then allowing them to see where they feel called to declutter instead of just going into their house and being like in 48 hours, we're going through everything. That's, that's yeah. can be very emotional and a big can feel very overwhelming too. When you have, you know, your entire life in your garage or your spare rooms or your junk drawers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love that. And I was going to say, 
not being a naturally organized person, I actually think you make makes you perfect for the job. And I help a lot of people around purpose and I'm with a lot of clients. And I see that what we struggle with is often where ends up being our gift. And it's much more refreshing to learn from someone who it doesn't come easily to, who you found your ways, right? With children and, you know, you're a mom and this sort of very normal person who's not naturally organized. It's much more inspiring because if you can do it, then I can do it. So I just wanted to say that, that, yeah, it's sometimes it seems off, but I think it's actually because it's part of your purpose is to move through that and then help others move through it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And actually it took me quite a few years to uncover my secrets. It was kind of like, should I tell people that or not? But really the benefits is just massive because I've learned, like you said, how to do it and how to help others do that and realize that it's the root cause of our clutter. Mm. It's just, it's so, so important because this thing to remember is that clutter is with us for our whole life. It's not just something, it's not something that I can come in and help you, you know, do it in three sessions or something, right? So this is why I really focus on the the coaching and the sort of the online programs, because clutter is always here. And something that's really important, and I wanted to say is that the way we think about our clutter, I, I like to share how we can think about it differently too. Because when we say clutter, a lot of us tense up, right? And we're like, and get really anxious and, 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 you know, stressed about it. And what I like to say to people is because when clutter is attached to it, sometimes we think, you know, we're not smart. We think we're lazy. We think we're just never going to get organized. But let's switch that narrative, right? And think of our clutter. It's who we are. It's where we've been. It shows our passions, um, our loves, our that past, you know, what we've done in our lives. It's just how we control it and how we manage it, right? So mm-hmm. I like to sort of just say that and share that message and just say, let's think about clutter as a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And just how we, yeah, can control it is the big key part of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's beautiful because bringing shame into it doesn't help anyone. And we all have enough shame to (laughs) last us a lifetime. So, and that's, you know, I I say that even with money and debt, I say, what if debt isn't a bad thing? What if it's, you're just choosing to pay something off over time and someone could lend you that money at the time, you know, it's like, Whoa, let's take the shame out of it. I love that because it is, it's just things you've collected because they have meaning or significance. And I can't wait to dive into your six reasons why we collect clutter, but just to have that compassion with ourselves in the process of decluttering instead of, yeah, it just probably makes it a big, a bigger mountain to climb when we're like, I should be this and I should not be holding on to these things. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's what we're trying to do is break down those barriers and break down that it's like this block we have. Right. And so that's why I came up and I'll share that now that the six reasons, the more and more I was working with clients, I'm like, Oh yes, we can all fall into one, two, sorry, or three of these categories. And so what I say is the top six reason is uh, retail. So it's actually acronym reason. So R is retail therapy. We've got emotions, assigned time, sentimental, overwhelm, and no can't say it. And once we get, I'll kind of go through those in a minute, but once we get this understanding, it's like another relief, right? It's like, oh, so that's why I do that. And then what we're doing is from there, we can work to our strengths and then organizing actually comes intuitively. So -hmm. for a lot of people, once I help them clear the clutter, you know, I've had texts from clients and women that are like, Louise, I was in my kitchen last night and I just rearranged my whole kitchen because it just came to me, right? Because the clutter was gone. Mm-hmm. So with it, would you like me to go over each? Absolutely. Yeah, topic? let's okay. do it. <laughs> I love that. Let's do it. Yeah, so <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> keeping you run in suspense. So yeah. with, with retail therapy, right? Do you feel sometimes you have that day where you're just really, things are not going well, or perhaps you're not happy in your career, your relationships, and you tend to turn to retail therapy, right? Because it gives you that endorphin hit. It's exciting. It's like, I want something I can control in my life. I want to get that bargain. I want to get something pretty and new. And what happens is we're really substituting that. Okay, so maybe sometimes we need to take a deeper dive, see where we want to go with our career, see what's happening in our relationships, where we are in life. And a really good strategy around that is to, if you shop online, which a lot of us probably do over the last couple of years, right? 
um, a really good strategy is to put things in your cart when you're feeling that emotion or feeling that need to have a retail therapy, put it in your cart and then walk away for 24, 48 hours. So then what happens is we can reset and we can re-energize and we can really think about things and come back and go, was I really buying that because I needed it? Because I want it? Was it a really good bargain? Or is it just because I'm trying to substitute in the moment? So mm-hmm. that's what I find retail therapy. Like this is just kind of high level as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then with emotions. So emotions are things that every time we pick up something, there is an emotion that's going to be attached to a lot of things, right? So we kind of call it churning. And so what happens is we pick things up, we feel that emotion, and we'll move it from one side of the house to the other. And then because we don't want to deal with that emotion, right? We're like, I don't want to deal with maybe it's um, from someone in a past life, maybe somebody gave it to you as a gift. Maybe you bought it and you spent money on it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I feel guilty for giving it away because I spent good money. Um, That's when the emotions are tied in. So a really good strategy for this. So I'll give a quick strategy for each one, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, A really good strategy for this is the post-it note one. So when you grab your post-it notes, if you have an area or if you just have a few items that you're really struggling with, Write down the first emotion that comes to you, right? Write it down, stick it on. And you'll notice a theme here because it's going to be go away for 24 hours, uh, come back, see if that emotion is still there. See what that emotion is. And if you can work through it at the time, if it's a negative emotion, then it's time to let go, right? Because we don't Mm. want that energy in the home because mm-hmm. it's it's draining isn't it like we talked about just earlier it's draining and it really affects how our happiness in the home as well yeah definitely yeah. with the emotion i mean both of those so far i'm like absolutely i can see that in myself and in just in humans this is what we do i just wanted to say first with the retail therapy i was thinking about how that endorphin hit when you were talking about online there's an endorphin hit putting it in the cart and then or buying it and then an endorphin hit when you receive it so you go to the mall and it's like you're buying it and receiving it in one go whereas online you almost get two it's like now i can't wait for it to come so yeah. it's like it's that pleasure seeking when we don't feel okay. Not saying of course, all shopping online is that way, but I hear you with that. (laughs) I really noticed years ago, I always like I go at least once a year, I go through a big clothes purge and I'm like getting rid of stuff. I haven't worn since the last round or, you know, don't fit well or resonate anymore. And I'd notice things with tags on them. And I would look at that. And, you know, I I would hear just intuitively, I I hear. And so I would hear like, what are you buying this for? What are you looking for? I'd catch myself out shopping. Like, I don't know, I'm just going to go to, you know, the department store or the clothing store or the mall. It's like, what are you looking for? And it's like, I don't know, I don't actually need anything. So I just really do resonate with that. And then we collect it. And then because we didn't really need it or even really want it that bad, it just sits somewhere and collects dust or just stays in our closet. Right. And then there's those emotions that are attached to that too, right? Because then you feel guilty and it's just learning that and realizing that and being aware of it can Mm -hmm. be the really first step to it because you're restless, right? Because like you just said, you go to the mall and you're like, I don't even know what I'm looking for, but your mind's restless and you're just Mm -hmm. feeling like I need to substitute or put something in there. So yeah, Yeah. it's a really good realization. I think I love sharing that one because a lot of people, you know, who fall into that category can, can resonate with that. Yeah. So with the emotion piece, um, mm-hmm. I think this was in Marie Kondo's book um, or somewhere along the line, because I have been interested in decluttering and the psychology. Um, what about the emotion piece when it's from somebody and it's like they went to Disneyland five years or 10 years ago and got you this thing or something that it's not even necessarily your kids. It's just someone gave this to me. So I need to hold on to it because they bought it when they were in Spain. And so I need to hold on to this trinket. Um, and especially when it was somebody who is now past somebody who, you know, you feel like you need to keep every last thing they ever gave you because they're either no longer here or you don't want to be insulting. So what what's with that? Yeah, so that one's a really interesting one. And I do come across a lot of women that have the sentimental part too, which kind of fall into that as well. But the emotional attachment is 
like exactly like you said, I feel guilty. What if I forget about that person? Because we get worried that the memories are going to go, right? Then we feel like we're being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And really what it is, is when we work through it, and I talk about this as guidelines can kind of help us with this too. So we work through layers of emotion. So we kind of peel it back and say, okay, if you have a lot of things belonging to this person that has passed away, let's really look at them. What stands out to you the most? What has the best memory in it? And a guideline that's really good for this, and, and we're kind of being practical here too, right? Because we're trying to control those emotions. So we we feel them, we let them come up. And then this guideline can be, I only have a small box I can allocate to these items. So then it's going through and really feeling what is going to be the best memory to have. What is something that you can display perhaps, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of having them in the box, but Mm -hmm. having those guidelines and saying, I'll just take one box. It's taking away that decision-making or it's really just confining it and it's helping with that. So it's kind of the practical side. The emotional side is something you we need to kind of go through that process, right? Mm-hmm. And what I actually chat to women about with is if you can't do it straight away, don't feel bad. It's, you know, we see a lot of tips and tricks about decluttering. When it's something really strong like that, it's not going to happen overnight. It's right. not going to happen straight away. We need to start having this awareness. We need to hold that item. We need to spend a little bit of time and really understanding why am I holding onto it? Because I feel guilty, because I don't want to be disrespectful. But if you're hiding it in a box and if it's causing you stress and anxiety, then we make that decision, right? Mm. Um, So I I hope that kind of helps. It's a big one for sure. Mm. Like it's kind of that could, but those are some really good ways to help control it. And you need to be in the right frame of mind or emotionally grounded to actually deal with those items. Mm -hmm. And that's the key because a lot of us will go, I don't want to deal with it because it's so much emotion, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you need to perhaps um, build yourself up to it, you know, say, okay, this week I'm going to do it and really commit to it. And we'll talk about that in assigned time as well. And really say, this is what I'm going to do. It may seem like a lot for just one or two items, but what happens is you're opening up the floodgates, basically. You're you're exercising that muscle, that emotional muscle, that it'll get easier and easier. So yeah, mm. so that, that's a really big one, I know for sure. <laughs> Emotions yeah, is I awesome. love that. Yeah. I yeah. like the small box. I actually did that when my my last grandparent, my grandma, who I was close with passed away is, you know, we were going through her stuff and, and I actually took this little wooden box and then a few of her jewelry pieces and like the watch she always wore and some earrings that I actually wore at my wedding a couple of years later. And there's just a couple things, even though there was so much, and it was like, do you want her photo albums? Do you want her this? Do you want her that? And she had all this stuff. And it was like, no, I kind of, I felt bad, but I was also like, I don't need all of these things to remember my grandma, but the few things things that were really special were the things that were like literally close to her body for me, her jewelry, bracelet, necklace, the watch. I remember seeing my whole life growing up, you know, she had this tiny little wrist. I was like, how did she have such a tiny little wrist? Um, but those things bring me that, that joy and bring me that remembering of grandma, but I don't need to keep everything she ever, you know, um, had or trying to almost hoard it. And I would like to actually talk about that too, as we get through these or after these. So, okay, perfect. So R is retail therapy, E is emotion. Let's keep going. Yes, for sure. And then assign time. So kind of mentioned that with the emotions, right? Assigning time is something that we we sort of forget to do or we don't want to do because we haven't really figured out how to start with our clutter. So, so you mean, I, sorry, you mean assigning the time to declutter is what yes, you mean? Yeah, yes, totally. so like schedule it in like an mm. appointment. And I used to say schedule it in like a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment. I'm like, yeah, they're no fun. So we don't want to do that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the connotation, like, I don't want that. Yeah, right, it's like, oh, that's definitely not putting clutter in a good light. Yeah. So let's schedule it in. And like a self-care practice. Yes, that's <laughs> a much go. better way of saying it. Now, right, you see now we both just lit up then. It's like, oh, that's sounds much better Ooh, right yeah. <laughs> and and that can be something you can discover for yourself and finding time in your schedule and really allocating it and saying okay I can do 15 minutes a day 
I can do 15 minutes every third day. I can do an hour on the weekend. Mm. What really resonates and works with you? And the key here is when I say 15 minutes, I know people are like, but Louise, that's not enough time. How am I going to get anything done in 15 minutes? When we're really focused and when we have 15 minutes that we're like, okay, takes away the brain block, right? Because all of a sudden you're like 15 minutes. That's easy. I can do that, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you're actually going to be accountable and you're going to stick to it. Mm -hmm. When that pops up in your calendar and it says, oh, time to, you can say declutter or you could actually pinpoint a specific area. You Mm -hmm. could say, I'm going to just today, I'm going to declutter the kitchen countertop. But when you say the kitchen countertop, let's break it down even smaller, right? And then that way it's consistent. And again, it becomes easier and easier. Mm. There is a whole way of like, if there's one area that's really struggling with, what I suggest with that is you can kind of create a landing area. Mm. And with that landing area, it's like a working space really is what it is. Because I don't know how, if you've known, like quite often people will start and they're like, yes, I'm going to do this for an hour. And then it's like, oh, get sidetracked. You go down memory lane and you're like, Oh, it's already an hour. I'm done and shove it back in. Right. So that feels really, you know, you get defeated by that and you deflate it and you're like, I just can't do this. Mm -hmm. So if we can kind of create a working space and you imagine if you did that area for 15 minutes every day, quick Mm -hmm. and easy, you don't have to, you have things sorted into categories. It's so, so much easier. And already the brain is going, I can do that. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's so much more doable. Um, and then we have sentimental. So we did touch on that too. So sentimental is, you know, looking at it, how we say the good spin on it is you love having things. It's a memories. That's great. But where do we do the cutoff? And we kind of talked about that with emotions, right? But I'm talking about the things where it, you get the China plates that are being passed down from generation to generation, mm. the uh, things that are like um, the furniture that you've been given, and like you said, with your grandparents as well. It's like, how do I detach from that? How do I be the one that's breaking that cycle? So there goes that guilt that you feel, right? Because my grandmother or my great-grandmother this was her high priority china and she loved it and it was special to her. But for you, it's sitting in boxes. It's collecting dust. You don't want to use it because you can't put it in the dishwasher. It'll break, you know, so you get really worried about it and it gets shoved in the basement. And even when things are in the basement, there's another energy. It's like the base of your home, right? Mm. And so even though things are in there, it still weighs on you. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really important to deal with them and to work through it kind of the same way as emotions. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that I had a client do, which was really cool with sentimental items, was they had like a mini auction. Mm -hmm. And so with the auction, they got her friends and families to come over and they auctioned on pieces they wanted and she donated the money to charity. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of neat like this again these are practical tips as well um strategies you say uh Mm -hmm. so they and then anything that was left it really helped her because then she's like okay it gave her permission right nobody else wants this I need to pass it on I can't deal with it I'm downsizing so it's also giving yourself permission right letting go of that guilt so yeah so these are the long ways of getting to those those uh those results that we want Mm-hmm. then we have oh sorry <laughs> it's okay I just there's just so many things that come up I know like, this I know is so good I love the assigned time I just wanted to say because that's what when I'm talking to clients about the law of subtraction and releasing and getting rid of things I'll say there's a time and a place to spend a whole Sunday doing the garage, but what quick thing can you do now that causes like mental clutter? Like that one big junk drawer that just drives you nuts. Can you set a timer? And I'll say that like 15, 20 minutes, or can you, when you, the next time you go and fill up with gas, just taking all of the garbage out of your car because you're there and there's a garbage can, can you just do it like quickly as I'm coming into the house, I'll grab this and this and I have kids. So it's like little containers and hairpins and dinosaurs and books and garbage and whatever 
whatever water bottles. And I'm just like shoving everything in a bag. (laughs) But if I don't do that, it just accumulates. And for me, my car before kids, I had a very clean car. I cared (laughs) about the status of my car. Some of my standards have slipped because I can't pick up every Cheerio every day, but I, it is a place that they know like mom's car. I'm not, you're not bringing your banana in here. And then the banana peels on the floor (laughs) anyway. Um, so because it means so much to me, and I, then I don't like to get it to a certain point. I'll just pack it as I go inside and not hopefully not let it become a big job. Um, but I really am a fan of those quick declutterings. And I often in our house after dinner, we'll put on a song and say like, everybody's cleaning for this song. Mom will pick like a seven minute song, but anyway, <laughs> it's like a two that. hour YouTube track. <laughs> Keep going. No, but we'll just pick one song. That's fun that the kids like, and we'll just say, okay, everybody like not frantic, but quick decluttering and we'll just, everybody's putting stuff away. And it's incredible in 10 minutes or one song, actually what you can get done, as you said, when you're focused and your brain, it's not too overwhelming. It's just the junk drawer or it's just one song, but it's also motivating. I'm a big person for timers. It's like, as soon as I'll, I have that timer, I'm like, okay, this is my time, nothing else. Right. So I just wanted to say, I love that even if it's little time, making it intentional and bite size. And then those times when it is spring cleaning and you go into your whole attic or, you know, do that as well when that feels right. But those little ones I love. Um, yes. And then what was the next, Oh, the sentimental. Yeah. And I, I couldn't imagine having China passed on for generations, but if you, if you genuinely don't want it, I love that idea of the auction. I have one big hope chest that I got. I think it was a graduation present. It's all made of wood. It's like um, Chinese and it's really beautiful. And I put all of the most important things. So I had a friend that passed away and I had letters from him or my grandma's jewelry box. And I have this one hope chest and I I'm trying for my entire life (laughs) to not have more than this one hope chest of the really sentimental things. I have old journals, but you know, I, I used to have 40 old journals and I used to struggle deeply. And so a lot of them were like dark and, and just things I don't want my kids reading. And so one day I did a bless and release, burn them, but I kept a couple cause that was fun. You know, when I was 13 to read my journal. So I've been trying to keep it to this hope chest with the intention of, you know, that those are my sentimental things and it's, it's not easy. So yeah, I hear you on that one. I love that. And, and just you sort of saying that too, it's like when we hold on to things in the past, so I think it's a beautiful thing you did, but it's also, you know, if we're stuck in the past, it's like, let's release those and let's look forward to where we are right now and the future. So it's allowing you to move forward, isn't it? So I, mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a really neat. Yeah. Definitely the journals, because I remember writing in them thinking when I'm older, I'm going to have this grand moment with these journals, I might show my kids. And then I go back and look and either I'm talking about smoking pot and having fires on the beach, sneaking booze, (laughs) or I'm depressed and I'm like hating myself. And that was, you know, my internal, very dark time. And I don't want my kids reading either. I don't really want to. So keeping a couple Mm -hmm. that are lighter for nostalgia to see my old handwriting and just to, you know, have a time warp, but yeah, I don't want to stay in that time. I got rid of, you know, diet books. I used to have, cause I used to have an eating disorder and calorie counting books because I just would look at it and go, Ooh, that was such a dark time. So I think that's really interesting. Just talking about the sentiment for anyone that has items that are attached to a really dark time in your life. If it was, you know, maybe keeping that like you're saying, energetically ties you to those times and reminds you of those times. Yeah, absolutely. And and another one, I know, sorry, there's so much to talk about this, but um, with that one, it could be clothes in our closets too, right? Mm. So I know a lot of women, we have clothes in our closet that we can't fit right now. And so we're hoping to get back there too. So yes. I find this a really big energy one too. Uh, you know, I've hit 50 and things are not the same anymore and that's okay. But it's like, oh, if only I could fit into my clothes, you know, from however many years ago, but we keep it as a reminder. We think it's inspiration, but mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's draining and we get yeah. depressed and Shame upset, again. right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, why can't I fit into those clothes? So that's another really 
key thing too. So yeah. I love that. I used to, when I was in the depths of my eating disorder, I used to buy clothes that were like a size two, a size four and put them up. And that I would read that that'll be motivating to get into the, you know, teeny tiny napkin sized skirt or whatever. And I, I look back, I would never do that to myself now. In fact, if my body was changing, if I was on a health path, you know, losing weight, I would actually think now, I could buy new clothes next summer and, you know, not in the form of necessarily retail therapy, but just meaning I don't have to hold on to this idea of something I think I should wear. If I, if my body changes bigger or smaller, I can just buy new things that are comfortable that fit me and my body. I don't have to hold on to something. Yes. Yeah. So there's just so much meaning behind everything. So yeah. uh, Thank you for sharing. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Then, so the next one is overwhelm. And so Mm -hmm. overwhelm is a big one. I know that probably can be a big topic too, but this one is where you look into a room and you just kind of go, oh, and you freeze and you paralyze and you close the door and walk away and go, I'd rather go do something else, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, how do I know where to start? Maybe the whole house is feeling like this, right? So Mm -hmm. there's like, you just, and what happens is you may start in that room and then you're like, okay, I have this category. Oh, I have some somewhere else. I might just go grab that. And then, oh, I just need to go do something, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like that distraction there. Mm -hmm. And it's really because we don't want to face, uh, the overwhelm of what's facing us and the overwhelm is also how we really look at this is breaking it down into small doable tasks so you can see there's a lot of things that are interconnecting here so once we Mm -hmm. grasp one or two of these it's so much easier to move through of everything Mm -hmm. so once we have the overwhelm and again it's really breaking things down So this is breaking it down into small tasks. So when you look at that room, you're going to go, okay, I'm going to focus. Let's say the home office, uh, just because I guess we're both sitting here. And the home office is, let's say, if you said, I'm going to declutter the home office today, you're kind of like, that's that's a lot. Like, I can't do that. Okay, I'm going to declutter my drawer today. Okay, I'm going to declutter just the top of my desk, even if it's a big desk and there's a lot of paperwork on it. Let's start clockwise. I'm going to do just one section. Mm. So already it's breaking that down into small doable tasks, which we kind of talked about too. And that's where it takes that overwhelm away. There's also with overwhelm, I kind of talk about the three P's as well. And so that's the procrastination, the perfectionism and the productivity. So um, that can prevent us from stopping from starting as well. And they can be blocks too. It's um, almost like I have to, it's like all or nothing. It's like you look yeah. at the entire garage and the perfectionist in you wants it to look like you've seen in magazines and to get yes. there is too overwhelming. So you walk away and go, never mind. <laughs> exactly. Right. And it's productivity. If I can't do it all, what's the point? Right. Like, what's yeah. the point of doing the 15 minutes? What's the point of doing the 20 minutes? And really, a lot of this is just pushing us to get started. So mm-hmm. many of us, and I hear it so often, it's like, I don't even know where to start or mm-hmm. I can't get started. So let's take those blocks away. And mm-hmm. this is something that you can just recycle, right, and use all the time. Then the last one is no, can't say it. So people are like, well, what does that mean? And with this one, it was kind of a little trickier one to kind of fit into that category. But what it mean, What that means is that, you know, when you go to conferences and they give you those little junk bags and you're like, oh, yeah you know, and the free things. And so you take Mm -hmm. all the free things because it's free, right? Mm -hmm. And then it ends up in your junk drawer and then you're like just shoving it around and you're like, ugh, I didn't need that, but it's free, Mm -hmm. so I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And the other side of that is also when uh, perhaps relatives or friends, their way of showing love is through gifts. And they just Mm -hmm. keep showering you with gifts, your kids with gifts. And you're just like, enough's enough. I can't, I, you know, we don't have room for them. Mm -hmm. So with that one, it's a really big one because I know that's hard to communicate that. Sometimes you have neighbors and friends who declutter their home and they say, hey, I've got a whole box of toys for you. Here you go. And, you know, you're too nice to say, no, you feel bad. And really with that is communicating and having that conversation with them and saying, um, thank you so, so much, but I really don't have room for this. How can I help you find a home for this? We can find someone who needs it, take it away for them or help them with that. Mm-hmm. But it's really just boundaries. 
Mm-hmm. So creating those boundaries and saying, I love how your love language is showing gifts. How about we just shift that to experiences? And then that's so much more inviting with the, the parents, the in-laws, and let's go have an experience together. Mm-hmm. And just really being able to say that it's it's a hard step, I know, for some people, but to voice it and just it doesn't have to be done angrily or you know in a bad situation it's just bringing it up and just saying hey I I love that you give gifts but how about we do this experience and then we have those memories and then we have that bonding with the kids as well so I really really, like that yeah so there's that one to look at and I think you know once we get these top six reasons under control or look at them it's a good foundation for Mm -hmm. like our whole lives just to keep looking at where our clutter is coming from and how to, to keep it at bay, I guess. So. Yeah. That one's tough when it involves saying no, because it even happens mm-hmm. where you're at someone's house. You're like, Oh, I'm getting rid of getting rid of this sweater. It would look great on you. Do you want it? And you kind of go like, ah. or when people buy you, you know, the, like they, they really end up buying you clothes often, but it's not your style. So you keep getting these like shirts that you end up donating or scarves that just aren't you or whatever. It is difficult. And maybe it's the empath in me, the, you know, the lover, the giver, the no boundaries, (laughs) whatever it is in me. Sometimes it actually feels more, it sometimes feels better to just go, okay, and then donate it. But that's not, I don't think that's the necessarily right way to deal with it if there is a right and wrong, but it is so confronting in those moments or, Hey, I bought this for you. Or, you know, someone that keeps bringing you these certain gifts. It's like, we hate, you know, this, we don't even drink this wine. Why do they keep bringing it for us or the clothes (laughs) or whatever? It's tough. It's tough to say like, no, because it feels like you're shooting down their love. So I love how you pivoted that into, I really don't have the space for this, but Hey, we should go to, you know, out on a hike together as a family next week, or, you know, whatever it is to shift it into an experience. Yeah. And, and it's not going to be easy. That's, that's, you know, I don't lie about that because that's really hard. And, you know, as you said, being empath, it is, you do feel it's so much easier because we don't want to have confrontation as well. But it's those boundaries. It's healthy for us Mm -hmm. to learn those boundaries and to do it in a way that feels good for us as well. The other person might not be used to it. And all of a sudden you're like switching it and they're like, oh, okay. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, just explain and just take that time with them and really help them see from your point of view. And I think that makes such a difference. And once we, once we're able to do all these, then, you know, being able to declutter like this, we can organize intuitively. And it's so, so good for us because it's just so much easier and we're going with our strengths rather than trying to do what we see on social media and everybody else doing right where it can be just um you know you and I were talking about it before when we said Marie Kondo gave up and we had a bit of a like it was a relief right when they said you know Marie Kondo gives up but she doesn't give up now you know she just kind of lives like everybody else now right like it's like things that are you know we want to do things that fit into our lifestyle as yeah Yeah. I love that. So for anyone listening, if you haven't heard that Marie Kondo, the, you know, expert organizer, I think it's the life-changing art of tidying up, right. Um, has been, you know, had her show and obviously her book and, um, yeah, just recently came out saying like, I gave up, I'm not as organized as I used to because she had multiple children. And the article I read, she was saying that she now values time with her kids more than how perfect everything looks. So she still is, I'm sure organized more than most of us, maybe not you, but more than most of us. Um, but she just prioritizes family and goes like, it's impossible. And anybody, especially with kids or a busy life, it's impossible to be on everything all the time because it's dusting, it's dishes, it's clutter, it's paperwork, it's bills. It's, it's always there. So I love the, the tricks, the, the strategies that you offered to make it manageable. Um, so I did of course want to touch on for me, it feels like a natural place to go. What about when somebody does feel that they have a bit of that hoarder, maybe a bit, maybe a lot where the stuff is like overwhelm times a million. And it's obviously a deeper issue on feeling like you can't let go of things. So in those circumstances, when somebody really struggles with having way more than they need, they recognize it's an issue where can they start or which of these strategies do you think is most important in that case? 
Yeah. And that's a really good one because it's interesting when people are like, I'm not a hoarder and then they hold on to so much stuff like the, the scale of being a hoarder, which is not a fun word is actually kind of lower than we think. Like there's a scale you can actually see. And when they are feeling like it's a, it's an issue and they're overwhelmed with it, there's something else there. And they probably know that there's some, so let me backtrack a little backtrack a little bit. When I have clients who come to me when I help with coaching, it's really interesting because they are usually doing some self uh diving into some self um learning and learning about trauma or something in their life. And usually what they do is they come to me as well as a good balance. So they're recognizing that there's some deeper work here that needs to be done because what we talked about, you could deal with the emotions and look at that and start there. That's a, it's a really tough one with, with hoarding and depending where we are feeling on that level, but really doing some sort of deeper work, which I do help start people with that. And just really understanding that this is their security their stuff is their security. Let's start looking at that because that is the biggest, biggest thing. It's, you know, we've had clients that their home is feeling kind of like a hoarder's home or they're feeling disheveled. It feels like a mess. When they go out to work, they're super organized. Their desk is perfect. They have everything. People would not know that they're struggling with stuff. But when they come home, it's where we kind of go to collapse. You know what I mean? Like we can release and let everything go. And when we're outside of our home, it's like this persona we're putting on. We want people to see that. But when we're home, we feel safe. So now doing that little bit of diving into where is this coming from? Why am I feeling that clutter is my security? What's going to happen if I let go of something? And so this, this is not a real, I guess it's not a real strategy, but just doing some deep diving into why am I holding on to this? What's happened in my past that I feel like this clutter is my security. This stuff mm. is what I need to hold on to. That's the, the really the first place I would start. And that's something that I love helping people really realize with that and learn about it. And then it's like the layers. So when it's at that point, you really do need to have someone who you can talk to and really someone who can understand it and help release it because there's a whole lot under there. Um, so I think that's that's a really big, really good start for people. Yeah. And I love how everything you say, it's like coded in this tone of compassion. And I think if somebody is dealing with that, there's going to be even more shame than sort of your um, typical messy car, because there is that protection and there is that, you know, feeling like, why do I do this? And nobody else does. And I know it's very common. So if anyone out there is struggling with that, it is common. It is, you know, there are ways to heal and to release. I was going to ask you, and I think it ties in well with this, there's probably also an aspect of habit. So my husband has this thing where he's become more organized as we have kids because there's just so many things. And he realized that clutter bugs him before it wasn't an issue. But like since having kids, he's like, this drives me nuts. So what he always says is, where's that thing's home? Where does it belong? And they're like, oh, on the key hook or in the jar, in the bowl, on the shelf, you know, because he his big thing is you have to put it down somewhere. So put yes. it down where it belongs. And sometimes I notice I come in from outside with the dog and I just fling my coat over a chair and I stop and I go, where's its home? Because I hear my husband on the <laughs> coat hook, just put it back where it belongs because you have to put it down anyway. And as he started saying that first, I, I'm like the kid rolling my eyes, fine. But then I'm like, you know what? You're, that's really true. It go, It has to go somewhere. So I'd love to just anything you have to, to say to expand to that especially with hoarders, because there is a habit reprogramming that happens over time of stopping the accumulation as well as the releasing. We also have to stop accumulating things in some way. So curious what you have to say around that. Yeah. And that's, uh, I had a bit of a giggle with that one. Cause I, I do that myself too. I have a little conversation in my head. And again, it's that realization. It's like, you have to know yourself because 
I'm actually really good at that. And my husband is very much, he's in the background too. He's like, well, does that belong there? And I have a conversation in my head and, you know, you go to put something down and you're like, if I put that down now, I know I'm not going to move it for at least another week or it's not going to go back to the right place. So having that realization and having that little conversation in your head, I think is huge. Like it's so good because I still talk to myself and I'm like, nope, that's not where it goes. Mm-hmm. Let's take that extra minute and let's really slow down. And it was interesting because I had a client who um, what she did was her, she was at work all day. She would come home and she had a young daughter and she would rush upstairs and she would get undressed. And she's like, I don't have time to put my clothes away. I don't have time to, to I'm in such a rush. I got to get downstairs to see my daughter. And so she would just throw her clothes on the ground. And so then it would just pile up and pile up and pile up. And so I just sort of said to her, this is a kind of a good way to put it into a story. And we talked about it. And I was like, so why do you feel that you can't take two minutes to hang your clothes or put them away or, you know, put them in the laundry. And she's like, well, I just, I feel so guilty because I haven't seen my daughter all day. So I want to rush down and get back to her. And I'm like, okay, that that's totally fine. Right. And understandable, but you know, an extra two minutes is going to help you really take that time, take a deep breath, put those clothes away, then you don't feel so guilty about that and overwhelmed. And then go down and spend that time with your daughter feeling better about what you just did. Like you just put your stuff away. You feel good about it because you're going to go there the next day and see it. So it's like this cycle, right? So I hope this is answering. And then you go back to that closet and then all of a sudden there's that stress and anxiety again. Mm -hmm. So Yes, you've been away all day from your daughter, but don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty about it. An extra two minutes is going to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. So of really just giving yourself permission and not feeling guilty about that. So I hope that kind of helps with that little scenario, right? And because we don't realize, sorry, that um, why we're doing things. We just think Mm -hmm. we're trying to get there and it's like we're just doing things so much easier and quicker if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's like taking that extra second for you. And I really, yeah. I feel that when I, when I put something down sort of in the wrong place or just mindlessly, I just chuck it. I always think I'm creating double the work because I yeah. do have to move it again. And so maybe it's in an hour, like you said, maybe it's a week, it's going to sit there, but I do have to move it again. It's it's it, you actually are causing more work for yourself than doing it. You know what I do in my closet? Um, we manifested our dream home a couple of years ago. I have a closet that is basically a small room, which is a huge perk of this house. It's incredible, but it definitely is like my room. Slide the door closed, you know. <laughs> but what I do is I have a really nice laundry basket that's for clean clothes. So if I just am getting dressed quickly, I can chuck it in there if it's not dirty. So I have a laundry basket for my dirty, and then one for clean. And then when we do laundry, we usually Sundays, you know, I'm doing it throughout the week because we have, you know, who can do it just once a week if you have multiple children, usually not. But when we do our big clean on Sundays, everything goes back, including the clean. So I'll rehang up the hoodie. I'll fold back up the pants that I only wore for a couple hours or whatever. And I did that with my daughters too. I said, you know, if it's not dirty, put it in this clean hamper. And then when you're putting away your laundry, you also put away that. And it seemed to be a good in-between. But I hear you, if you do just take the extra second to put it back where it belongs, like you said, when you go back up to your closet later, you're not then re-overwhelmed. The other thing with your story is, how does she have a child that doesn't follow her to her closet? I would like to find that out because my kids find me anywhere. I'm like, so I'm just going to change and you're just going to keep talking to me about your dance or whatever. (laughs) That's true, right? Side side. question. How's your kid patiently waiting downstairs? Well, she's probably, yeah, tearing up the place downstairs, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I love that. And that's a really great way to look at it is just taking that extra moment. And um, I also really appreciate the tips about the hoarders and and not saying the hoarders, but that behavior and looking at the deeper aspects of it, because there is definitely that emotional component. Um, Do you think that do you ever have times where you get rid of a ton of stuff, like go through those big, you know, that sort of spring cleaning when you do have a whole weekend designate or anything, do you feel like there's a big release that happens with people and with yourself when you do really 
set aside that entire day or that weekend and like really go to town. Cause I always feel a massive relief. Like the rest of my life is lighter. So what would you say around that? And do you experience that? Uh, absolutely. Like it's, you know, sometimes life does get in the way and even those little 15 minute uh, jobs are not quite enough. Right. But again, if you put it in your calendar that you're going to do this for the weekend and you do it, actually, I had one of those two weeks ago and I was just running around. I was just doing this and I was like, okay, this is my weekend dedicated to this. And it just, it feels so good. And it does, mm-hmm. like you said, it feels lighter. You feel energetic. You feel inspired to, then it, it's a knock-on effect. Like you feel inspired to cook good meals. You feel inspired to hang your clothes back up, right? And this is where resetting is what is super exciting about this because then we feel lighter and happier. And when you do that in your kitchen, like we talk about the zones, right? So with the kitchen, if we have a cluttered kitchen, we tend to kind of put chaos into our bodies, right? Because we just mm. cook and it's just not as healthy food. Um, but yeah, it, it's so beneficial. And I think once we do that, it creates this whole awareness too, because with our lives being so busy, maybe we have to tweak some things. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing. Don't be afraid to tweak things because mm-hmm. this goes into the perfectionism perfectionism as well. I have to have it perfect before I try things. When you get to go through the house and you kind of clean things up for the week, Uh, on the weekend, it's like, well, maybe this isn't quite working. Let's try something different. Let's just try this little tweak. Don't be afraid to try new things because I think that's what happens is I haven't got it perfect. So I'll never get it perfect or I'll never get it right. So then we don't start sometimes. So when we do these cleanups, it's like this refreshing and it's like just really solidifying. Is this working? Is it not working? And that's where it gives us the space to be creative and think about like with the clean hamper for yourself, maybe someone hadn't thought about that. And then all of a sudden it comes to you and you're like, oh, let's try this for the family. Right. I think that's Mm -hmm. brilliant. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do. I love them. I do them once every probably two or three months as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Just even if it's a reset, just to rejig things, retweak. um, Yeah, it's so, so important, too. Yeah. It's, it's such a powerful energy shift when you do just really allow yourself to rip the house apart a little bit, or even just one room or, you know, your clothes, it just feels like releasing what doesn't serve. We don't need more clutter. Yeah. (laughs) So I have one last question, incredibly controversial. This is the dramatic question, the climax Marie Kondo, (laughs) where do you agree with what she has to say? And where do you practice things differently? What is your feedback on her style of doing things? Your, your big competitor out there. (laughs) My big competitor. I love that. And you know what? I was so afraid to say that I didn't agree with some of her things like two or three years ago. It was like, but, but that's not feasible. Right. And I really, I love that she gives thanks to things. I think that's great. I really appreciate it. I don't believe in a whole ceremony about doing it because we don't have time. I think being aware of it, right. And really appreciating and respecting our things is great. But the other thing I don't actually truly believe in is pulling everything out all at once, unless you have six hours that you can focus. I'm saying six hours. It could be focus solidly on one area because I don't know if you've seen the the show, the Netflix mm-hmm. show. And when she pulls everything out, she tells people to, and, and there was one I remembered specifically, they did their closet and they piled it on their bed and just pulled okay. everything out. Right. And I'm like, yeah okay, now what are they going to do? Like they've got kids. It's like, you need to get to other stuff. And for a lot of us, it's like, it's great for a TV show, but we don't have six, seven hours to to pull aside, especially with your partner too. They're not always going to be there as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason I kind of find this not so feasible is because at time, the decision fatigue is real. Making Mm -hmm. decisions is really, really hard for some of us, right? And when you're forced to look at that many things at once, your body can just kind of go, it it really over what it stresses, right? And it's like, you can't make good decisions. And then you just go, I I don't want to deal with this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you just put things back. 
So for me, uh, I really, that's why I'm about uh, chunking it down, I guess if that's a word, is uh, so making it small doable tasks. So for that example, for a closet, I would say what I do get clients to do, just focus on your shirts. And they're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, just focus on your shirts. And what happens is they really make good decisions. Mm. They really look at it and go, but this is really pretty. I like this, but I haven't worn it for two years. Mm -hmm. Okay, that can go. But when you're looking at your whole closet, it's like, ah, I can't make these decisions, right? Or you just really skip over it. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with a lot of stuff still left behind. That's probably my biggest sort of differences there and yeah I mean I love Marie Kondo I love the energy I love the all the feng shui that kind of thing but I just don't think it's the systems it's not really practical and with folding clothes oh that's my other one sorry <laughs> now I I'm was like, gonna yeah. say that one yeah <laughs> Can I forget that? Um, the folding clothes, like when I talk about do it to your strengths, organize to your strengths, uh, I, I kind of use the description. I'm like a bull in a china shop. I'm always in a rush. I'm not gentle. I'm like kind of, in a, you know, doing things. I don't fold clothes and I'm totally fine with that because I know it's safe space. I know it looks pretty. I know it's satisfying for, for some, which is great. I, I'm terrible at folding clothes. I don't have time and I don't want to learn. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, and I'm okay with that. So I'll hang a lot of my clothes and then I'll just fold, fold my sweats or whatever. They're not pretty. They're just shoved in the drawer, mm-hmm. but they're contained and it works for me. So that is probably my other biggest thing. Thank you for, yeah. <laughs> that was one that I saw where I was like, what? I have to fold every tank top yes. because I have a lot of things that are hung, but I also have like these little baskets for things and things like tank tops that don't really wrinkle as much. I'm just kind of wearing them under clothes. I just throw them in a bin and I have a bin for like sort of the solid color tank tops that I wear under things. And then a bin for some of the more like summery, whatever ones. And I just grab them and they're going in and out all the time. And that actually works for me. I tell my kids, you don't have to fold your clothes because it's revolving so quickly. Like I can't fold all of them. She literally folds some of them in like origami. There's like swan tank tops. I'm like, that is, I I have no time for swan anything right now. Um, but I love that you say that it's like, find what works for you. Yeah. What, you know, if putting them in a basket and them potentially getting wrinkled, cause they're, you know, a fabric that wrinkles, if that stresses you out, then hang them. But if it's cotton or if it's something that's not, and it, that's your style, don't feel like you have to fold them into little packets or whatever she would do. Yeah. It looked really neat. And we did that. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty easy for about <laughs> half a week. And then I'm like, this is not sustainable. So I love that you said that. Exactly. And that's why she gives up. And like for my underwear drawer, I have those little uh, dividers, but I just shove things in. I don't yeah. fold them because it's yeah. like, I don't have time for that. So yeah. yeah I've so just hooks. I hang my bras on. I'm like, yeah. they're not on the floor and they're just hanging up with hooks. So I can see like sports bras over here, the one fancy bra over there. <laughs> but you know, sometimes that that's what works for me is just a hook. I'm a basic yeah. kind of girl. I don't, you know, but I do see people with their bras in drawers and they're all like inside each other. I'm like, that looks so pretty. Maybe when my kids are grown, I'll have more space for that. But a hook is good for now for me. (laughs) Exactly. There's time and place for different things, right? But what works for right now in the moment is perfect. (laughs) I love that. So where can people find you and what do you offer? You know, how could somebody follow you, check out what you're doing, social media, also programs, let us know about that. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, So I actually do private coaching. So I do have an accelerated uh coaching program, which is private, as I said, but it's really a good starting point for people. So it's really neat and we can look at schedules. So it's not just the decluttering, it's kind of the whole life. Um, I also have my online program. It's an eight week program. So it's a group one where we go through, we do a little bit of mindset, then we dive into creating a plan and then we actually put things into action. And it's a super fun community. I know people like decluttering fun, but you know, we make it fun, right? Music community. Uh, And then also I'm on Instagram at the space reclaimers and I do have my free quiz as well. So discover your clutter cure. So that is also available on my website as well, thespacereclaimers.ca. And that really gives you your top reason. So you're going to go through some questions, gives you the top reason, and then it gives you those strategies that we talked about and more. So that's probably the best places where you can connect with me. And I'd love to see some people come and join. 
I love that. Thank you. I will put all the links in the show notes so you guys can go and check her out and do the quiz. I can't wait to see my cure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I love that. There's so many, so many amazing tips. I thank you for also making it manageable and relatable, being a mom, being busy, being a regular person who just wants to bring a little bit of, you know, uh, space into their life and get rid of some of that clutter. You make it very manageable. And I thank you so much. So I can't wait to check all of those things out. Make sure to check it out, everybody. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Louise. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here and listening to me. (laughs) Yes. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on the Awakening Her podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and my guest. And if you did, we would love to hear from you. Come find us on Instagram. All the links are below in the show notes. Take a screenshot that you're listening to this episode, sharing your takeaways or your enthusiasm for the show. Tag us both over on Instagram. And if you do that, I will send you a free gift. I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation and I will see you in the next episode.